Hi guys, welcome to the How To Dad podcast. My name is Devin Pierce and we are live on Mixer. It is August 21st. It is almost two o'clock in the afternoon because life gets in the way. I had to uh, cover the morning at work. I don't usually work Wednesdays, which is why the podcast is on Wednesdays. However, our last episode last week, we talked about friendships, uh, what we need to start them, maintain them, and what we as parents can do to help our kids out with that. Definitely focus on the children, especially those who are going into the school age bracket. Bracket. I like sounding like a frog sometimes, I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'm supposed to be a frog person. I don't know. And from there, today's episode, we are going to be talking for episode 21 about teaching values to our children. Now, guys, each week I bring you tips, tricks for parenting, adulting, and life as a whole, where I share the tools from my little toolbox for you to help make you better equipped for life's great adventure. I was really close to hitting my microphone with that hand gesturing. Now, the How To Dad podcast is owned and hosted by myself, Devin Pierce, and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License All Rights Reserved. Currently, we're available on for audio listeners on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. And I'm pretty sure there's another one now, but I haven't updated my starting spiel yet. If there's another audio service you would like to have us on, let me know and I will get it there for you. Today we're going to be getting back into the response, Raising Responsible Children series of pamphlet books. Today's is Lime Green and features what appears to be a father with two small children of opposing gender stereotypes. And yeah, eh, Lime Green, 13 pages. I think they're all 13 pages. We've had a couple other of these little pamphlet books for a few topics in the past. Um, We have three more. This is a series of six uh, by the same group. I really wish I knew where I got them from, but I don't. However, their website is parent-institute.com. Uh, you should be able to find their stuff there on the website if you would like to get yourself uh, this or any other materials that the organization provides. Uh, Let's go ahead by starting off and defining what basic values are. Now, these are the things that we think are most important, whether they are attributes, beliefs, qualities, or traits. The next thing we need to think about basic values is we need to answer why they are important things to teach. Well, We consider them basic values. Basically, these are the base values or the foundation for which all the other values we have as adults come from. And that's why we teach them to our children. 
They shape our attitudes towards everything around us, whether it be families, friends, society, or school. And they also become the basis from which we start making our decisions. And how they do that is children with good values are more likely to make good decisions or choices. And they can take the mistakes they make, recognize that they've done wrong, and look to improve from there. There are many different things you can teach your children and consider to be a value uh, that you want to instill upon them. So today we'll be talking about seven values which are the most common in detail. And those are compassion, fairness, honesty, perseverance, respect, responsibility, and tolerance. Some other values which you may wish to instill upon your children are patience, helpfulness, friendliness, kindness, courtesy, thriftiness, trustworthiness, courage, cheerfulness, loyalty, obedience, or reverence. For those more general or broadened aspects of values, you may wish to teach your children whether it be from that list or maybe something else entirely. We're gonna have, we're gonna start off with six steps you can use to teach any value to your child and then we'll dig into those other sevens a little more. The number one step for teaching good values is the number one rule for teaching your child anything. And that is to be a good role model. We all know the old, do as I say and not as I do, does not work. <laughs> Man, my parents and their generation, that is like their go-to model. And when they blame millennials for society falling apart, all I can think about is this entire thing. Do as I say, not as I do. We've all done what you did, so it's your fault, not mine. Quit blaming me. It is definitely more of a monkey see, monkey do being a far more accurate expression for how things are taught and learnt. Something to consider. Next up, spending time with your children. Not only does this let us build our relationships with our children, it gives us the opportunity to discuss and explain the values we hold near and dear to us. Also gives you the opportunity to ask your children what values they have. You are not their only role model, so they may be learning values you don't even expect. Another one that has come up in the past with regards to educating our children, and that includes both use, uh, this includes, er, my mouth words are not working again. Another one that has come up in the past is to use others as an example. And that includes both using people that are good examples and those who are examples of poor values, whether it be uh, living actual people or characters from books, and TV shows, comic books, or even video games. Be sure to discuss with your children why you may admire or loathe those people or their values um, by, you know, giving them an example instead of always being their only example can take a little bit of the weight off your shoulders. The fourth step to practice, practice will never make you perfect, it will only make you better. However, it is the repetition that makes it a valuable tool for children. 
there are three activities specifically which are mentioned in the reading of today. And the first is to play a game of what if questions, where you pose a dilemma to your child, a moral dilemma, and then they have to respond to it. You can also then either as a separate thing or an extension thereof, role play or act out different situations. And remember to discuss the various consequences for different decisions before enacting them. Lastly, the one I think which is really cool actually, I like this idea, pick a value of the week to focus on. Start by discussing the value as a family and how it might be shown or expressed. Practicing it throughout the week and then coming back as a family to share your experiences with each other around that value. This could be tied into weekly family meetings, which are a thing we've brought up in the past. As an example, at your weekly meetings, you could discuss your experiences, how they were, and then next, your family can sit there and discuss, decide as a group what the next value you will focus on may be and break that down. And you can work on it all the way up to your next family meeting. So I thought that was a really cool kind of tie in there. Um, we used to do family meetings quite regularly. I will admit it is more difficult in a split home situation. My two oldest kids are on a week on week off exchange schedule. So it's been, it was hard for us as parents to do the family meeting without the children. That's where the problem became. And then it just kind of died off with other things taking priority. They are important and they can make a huge difference for uh, a family. Just gonna throw it out there. And it is something that the spouse and I have talked about getting back into the swing of. Especially as our youngest gets older, it'll be easier with him being around all the time to really involve the children in that on a consistent, ongoing basis. I digress there and I apologize. Choosing age-appropriate media, whether it is TV, comics, books, video games, these things do have a huge impact on our children's behavior and values. So whether you are present while your child partakes in any of those activities, so you can supervise what they're choosing to involve themselves with, or if you're just there to give the opportunity for discussion about values, attitudes, or behaviors that are being portrayed in those media, that can be helpful, or, you know, this is the modern age, so taking advantage of the many parenting control features available to us, which our parents definitely never had. Um, you can limit through those what your children have access to, preventing them from even being exposed to content above appropriate ratings for them, and is definitely something to consider. Also in today's society, it's very easy for children to exceed the amount of screen time that is recommended by healthcare professionals which is something also you should take into consideration when permitting your children to participate in screen-based media. Some examples of parental controls, Microsoft has a Microsoft family settings. So if you are sharing a PC with your kids, you 
go through their stuff and you set them up as being a child in your family. So when they log into a computer or an Xbox, and if it's outside of your designated amount of time for them, you can say they're only allowed to access the computer or Xbox between these hours. And they won't be allowed to log in until you get an email notification and you can say yes or no. That's pretty cool. I've done that when uh, my oldest has come to visit in the past. Um, so little features like that that you can take, a, take and use as physical or well, actual tools, not just information to uh, limit your child's screen time or prevent them from exposing themselves to inappropriate media. And lastly, number six, we have a reminder of yet again, another persistent topic throughout almost all of our episodes. The concept of giving praise when it is deserved for good positive behavior. So if we want our children to show us positive behaviors, we have to reinforce it with a positive attitude by giving them the attention when they show the positive behavior. If the only time we're giving our children attention is when they are being bad, well, they want attention, so getting being bad gives attention. That's what they learn from that. Give them all the attention and love you can when they are doing good to enforce that good is good. I'm certain there's a better way I could have said that, but you understand what I'm getting across to. So, Take those six little tips and then apply them to any values you wish to teach your children. And then let's get into our seven primary values. These are the ones specifically highlighted in this book. And I agree that they are pretty common values that are kind of what we as a society expect children to be taught. So... Let's get into it, shall we? We're going to start with compassion. The ability to care about other people. Compassion is an extension of one's empathy, which therefore requires us first to teach empathy, which we talked quite a bit about last week's episode and kind of like all the time. Empathy is definitely a key aspect to raising children. The more empathetic our children are, are the better human beings they can be by showing our children unconditional love and by talking by showing our children unconditional love and by talking out possible consequences for various actions we can help them learn to see things through the eyes of others and to understand how other people are thinking this also gives us the opportunity to teach children how to help each other out within the family or with those outside of the family to give compassion. Another aspect of compassion, which is really easy to do and can help you clear the cutter clutter from your child's toy box or closet is setting up a donation box. Um, this is something that we do here about this time of year in preparation for the impending doom that is the holiday season, which is where most birthdays in this household occur. 
But the purpose is to give your children a box which they then fill with things they are willing to let go of and to give to others and, you know, hand over to a second-hand store or whatever your local charitable situation may be. Which, like I said, I mentioned the closet. It's not limited to toys. If your kids want to go through their clothing and perhaps donate even money from their own piggy bank, encourage that. That, that charity, in whatever way they can give to others, is compassion. And by giving them the opportunity to practice compassion, that is the practice they need to instill it as a value. This next one is a hard one. In the essence that often is a hard subject for children of a young age to understand or comprehend. And that is fairness. Young children do have a pretty strong feeling about how things must be fair. But I know with my kids, how they describe things to being fair is often not entirely accurate. I know for my kids, they like to compare apples to oranges a lot. They try to say the things are not fair between them and their siblings. So it can be a lot of challenge in that. Now, how you can go about explaining fairness to children is that we want to explain to them how equality works and that fair does not mean things are equal. Uh, an example of this would be such as when one child gets to go to school and the other has to stay at home, which is totally a thing for children uh, when you have siblings of different ages one starts school and the other one is confused as to why they don't get to go along. You got to take the time to explain this to your children while one gets to do one activity and the other does not, as well as the not just the why behind it, but also the pros and cons about either activity. For the child to, who is concerned that it isn't fair, and this is how we can talk about it to our children, and by bringing them the understanding of why they have one situation, the other one has another situation, they can learn that it is fair, it's just not equal, right? That's the distinction you want to try and get in there. They are old enough to go to school, you are not. Don't just end the conversation there, keep going, but you get what I mean. At least I hope you do. Now, outside of established rules and consequences, there will be opportunities for compromise. And coming to a compromise in a way that teaches fairness. A child may feel that they're not being treated fairly. You can work with them to balance the scales between what you want and what it is that they desire desire also by working on the compromise with your child you're teaching them how to do that with other people all values do take time and there is quite a bit involved with fairness um, so try to remember to be patient with your children asking the question are you being fair maybe enough to cause pause when you see that they're not and give them the opportunity to correct behaviors. It's definitely one of those ones that it's tricky because you can only really teach it in the moment for the most part. But again, having established rules or consequences with consequences in the past can help eliminate the feeling that things are unfair and show what fairness looks like, right? Consistent consequences is a big one for equating fairness to all of your children. 
the next value is honesty and quite frankly this one is the bane of my existence right now to clarify this is the one that we are having the most issue with in teaching our own children so i will be trying to apply some of these tips myself here in the coming week and to help fortify this value and perhaps in a week or two i will discuss with you guys how that is going so we can start by discussing honesty talking about actions which show it and also how we can correct dishonest behaviors you know we talk about having taken something how taking it back and make up for that apologizing blah 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 blah, blah. telling stories such as the boy who cried wolf and really getting into what happens in the story then from that we can explain to our children that we expect the truth from them. We can also explain how honesty can result in a lesser punishment for their ill behaviors, or that it can bring us pride, being honest, and how it will feel better for them to not have that weight on their chest, right? When you pour... When you approach your child about a situation, there are two things to keep in mind. One, we shouldn't tempt them into a lie. We don't want to give them the opportunity to lie by posing a question when we can simply call them out on their shiitake mushrooms. And then give them the opportunity to explain their behavior or poor choice as well as talking to them to, about the situation if they choose to lie to you. And if you know that they're lying, don't label them, don't call them a liar, as children do tend to live up to the labels we as their parents give them. Basically, it's like, well, they already think I'm a liar, so that must be what I am, and therefore I shall be. So whether it is a positive or a negative label, our children will try to live up to them. Oh, that totally gives me an idea for another show, which I don't have on the episode list, and I'm going to write that down before I forget. Mm-hmm, 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 sure am. The ill effect of positive labels. That's going to be a good one. So, when you go to call your children out for lying to you, again, not calling them a liar. Don't give them that label. Because then you're taking away the option for them to be anything else but what they are known to be. You want to try saying something along the lines of, It is hard for me to believe you are telling the truth. That way you can acknowledge that you feel that they are lying, but you are not calling them a liar. Which gives that neck negative perspective that being said as your children get older they will call you out on that too they will say you're calling me a liar and you're like no i'm just saying i don't think you're telling me the truth that's the same as calling me a liar no how you rebuttal that or at least how i've been trying to rebuttal that because it has come up before in my household my kids are too smart for their own good anyways 
responding with, I do not believe you are a liar. I believe you are making a choice to tell me a lie, and I want you to know that I am aware of this choice. Now, I would like you to tell me the truth. Because I know you can do that. That is also positive encouragement, which can go a long way with your children. Life is described as the struggle between birth and death. What gets us from start to end is our perseverance, or the ability to resist quitting. When it comes to teaching or encouraging perseverance, we want to take the time to plan with our children. This is a big one. If Sally wants to, say, try a new goal or activity, one of the first things we can do is set out a minimum trial period. Alright, you want to try dancing, you're going to try it for at least three months. And there might be different reasons as to why you pick a certain period of time. Such as certain programs may not have a refund policy. You might have to pay for the whole value up front. And, well, you're going to do it for one whole year because that's how much money I had to give for them. Some programs do have a six-month or three-month increment payment schedule that you can work with. And that might be able to then be integrated into why you pick that as a trial period. From there, you can set up goals and break them down into smaller steps, which will be easier for your child to achieve. Even if it's not something new, you can still apply that last part to an activity. As children are attempting to exceed in their struggles, uh, we then have to make sure we are avoiding trying to rescue them unnecessarily when they can probably solve most of the problems for themselves, or at least we can give them the opportunity to try. We then also can encourage them by being positive and saying positive things such as, you can do it there guy, buddy, pal, friend, amigo. Yeah, stuff like that. And also we can reward them for their efforts and remind them how far they have come. Those last two are the big ones, you know, set out, when you break down the steps, set out goal points and once, hey, once you've completed steps A, B, and C, you will have achieved goal B, right? Something like that. And then once you've achieved that, why don't we go out for pizza to celebrate that achievement or let them pick it, give them a couple options. Hey, we can either go out for pizza or we can have an in-house movie night. We can buy a new digital download because we don't rent movies anymore. I mean, you can rent digital versions, which is a better option for you financially. And also, I can never remember where on what platforms and things I've downloaded stuff to, so renting it might be the better option digitally. Now I've lost my own notes. <laughs> oh, yes. And then when it comes to reminding our children how far we've, they have come, this is another big aspect about having planned things out with them. We took this big achievement, this huge goal, you broke it into a bunch of little itty bitty steps. You say, well, you know what? I know you're having a hard time with this, but remember, this is step five of goal three. You've already completed three goals and those other two goals had X number of steps. 
you've come really far in this. And that reminder can help encourage them to persevere and move on forward. Very important things. Very important. I'm just going to throw it out there that this might also be some good things for you as a parent to do when you're trying new things. Just a thought. Now, also with this, prior to our children letting go of their commitments, sit down and discuss both the pros and the cons of either decision to ensure they truly are doing what is best for them. That last part is an important skill which... In life, whether it be with, you know, talking about leaving a job position or starting a new hobby as an adult, whatever they decide to take on, your children will use that pros and cons judgment skill set for the rest of their lives. So when you have those opportunities, definitely jump on that with them. Now, this next one here, we actually have two episodes on the podcast specifically dealing with teaching children respect. Those were episodes six and nine. So I will do just a quick summary of those. And I do encourage you to go back and check those episodes for more details on respect. Respect teaches us to learn from others, to get along with them and to take care of our responsibilities. And being responsible is something we're going to talk about here in a minute. Whether it is about respecting parents, rules, education, other human beings, material objects or belongings, and even about respecting themselves or ourselves, it starts with us as role models, being respectful, uh, showing that in front of them, the other things uh, in front of them, to them, or to other things, as well as our children, that's how we're role models for that, right? So by following rules or participating in our children's homework, you know, really asking questions and getting involved in that to show them uh, respect for their education, being polite to other people, uh, listening to those people when they are talking to us and taking care of your own belongings or your personal person. If you don't have good personal habits, you can't really expect your children to. Lead by example. Monkey see, monkey do. With that, we are showing our children the example we want them to live, and hopefully they will learn to have those same levels of respect or even take it further. Role modeling is the number one way to teach children respect, but again, we have two episodes here on the podcast, numbers three, six and nine, which dig into that a lot deeper, and even about teaching respect for a specific thing. So go check that out. Now, when it comes to building a child's responsibility, the only way we can really do that is by giving them responsibilities. Sit down with your child and give them choices as to what chores to do or when the best time to do their homework would be. And again, we've talked about this podcast, talked about this on the podcast, and I will reiterate this a million times before I decide I'm done with this program. 
When giving your children choices, you want it to be between options that regardless of what they pick, you still get a positive behavior or action taken care of out of your child. Doesn't matter what they choose. You give them two things you want done. They pick it. Uh, going back to the example of choosing when they do their homework. If you know you guys get up at the crack of dawn and they have enough time to do most homework in the morning before breakfast, maybe you suggest that as an option or after supper or immediately when they come home, right? Give them options that you want, right? You can either do your homework as soon as you walk in the door or as soon as you're done supper. That would never work in our house. We're never eating on time, so that would be a terrible decision on my part to give that as an option. But whatever works for you. You do you. I'll do me, you do you. I'll do me, you do you. Be sure to include your children in the consequences for them failing to live up with to the responsibilities which you have given them. Also, openly discussing your responsibility. That was voice to text screwing me up and I missed that one when I was proofreading. Openly discuss irresponsibility as well as consequences for that behavior and how their responsible activities can lead them to being given more freedom by proving themselves to be a responsible person. The concept of that freedom can be a really great motivator for children. So especially as they get older, right? Well, if you want more free time to leave the house and go hang out with all your buddies and friends and chums and pals and not girlfriends. Well, first you have to prove to me that you're responsible enough to be trusted outside of this home by doing these things, right? I'm honestly surprised this episode isn't going to be as long as I thought. Next, we have tolerance. And it is an extension of respect in that it permits us to learn from all kinds of people regardless of how they look, behave, or think differently from ourselves. Tolerance, however, does not permit the allowance of anyone being mistreated because of those differences. Just, I, I really felt that it was important to drive home. This one may seem difficult, just simply on the surface, and perhaps where you live might limit how you go about doing this. But with our ever-growing global village of the world, it is becoming easier to teach tolerance. Because I don't know anywhere, like even locally, kind of out in the sticks here. But you know, we have a good diverse group of humanoids living here. And different cultures and stuff co-mingling and what have you. So there is that opportunity. By exposing our children to diversity, whether it be different age groups or abilities, uh, ethnic backgrounds or religious backgrounds, you can strike up a conversation about those differences. And from that, teach our children about the world around them. The more our children know about the differences in the world, the more they can learn to accept those as normal, or rather, that it's okay to have differences. And it's also a good point, or also good to point out intolerance. Much just like it is good to have both 
show both good role models and bad role models and discuss those things. Same with tolerance and intolerance. It is also good to point out intolerance by not associating with it or expressing to your children when they are behaving in such a, such a way and how you would prefer them to behaving. Also with that, if a person is being intolerant or belligerent um, in front of you and your children, expressing to that person, listen, I don't like the way you're saying that or I don't like that joke, it's not funny to me. And I would prefer if you didn't behave this way in front of my children, right? Standing up for your level of tolerance, in front of your kids especially, is something that is how you can role model that properly to your children. Lastly with this, taking the time to teach your children conflict resolution. Why this is important is that it gives our children a way to respectfully and calmly express when they disagree with something and prevent them from becoming belligerent or rude. We are allowed to disagree with people and we can be tolerant of our differences and still disagree with our differences. And we can do so from a place of respect. And that is where teaching conflict resolution comes in for our kids. That compromising skill we discussed earlier can also be handy for this. By teaching our children how to compromise, they can then compromise with other people when they have a disagreement. All in all, guys, teaching values does take time. And with all things, children will develop these skills in stages at the different ages that they're in. Babies learn about compassion and trust as well as responsibility simply by being cuddled and cared for. Then when it comes to toddlers, we have to start setting out the rules so they can learn right from wrong and encourage them to understand other people's feelings by verbalizing to them what's going on in the world around them. Once children start to hit the preschool age, they have started to learn more about the effects of their actions, the consequences, and will start to enjoy learning about values through activities and discussions. As your children start to get into the elementary school age, that is when we have to really focus on being their moral guidance, because though they do have an idea of right and wrong, we need to teach them and show them our values we believe in so they keep making good choices even when they're away from us. Now the fun age, or stage, the teenage years, those middle and high schoolers. Now, at that point in time, they're looking to branch out away from our family values and they're gonna be looking to develop their own values. You can help them with this by encouraging them to have relationships with other positive role models. And then at natural points in time, such as when a moral dilemma is present in a book, movie, TV show, game, whatever, discussing that a little bit more with your children, whether it's during a film or at the end of it, and if you're going to do it in the middle, please pause the film, don't be rude as these are great opportunities to further encourage your own values with your children. 
or discuss difference in values as well. Now, next week on the show, guys, we're going to be looking at ages and stages. So we're going to be talking about the development from zero to five. We've talked in the past five to nine. I just discovered this reading material. So we're going to talk about that next week. The week after that, we'll be talking about how to show your children some love. And that is another one of these Raising Responsible Children pamphlet books. So come check that out. This week's question is, what values do you hope for your children to learn from you? Bonus question, how has this episode helped you plan for teaching them to your children in the future? As always, guys, you can get in touch with me via Twitter or email with crownesso, C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero, at gmail.com for the emails. And as always, down below the bridge where all the trolls live in the comment section of YouTube for the replays. Those are also the same ways you can get in touch with me if you would like to come on to the show as a guest to speak about a specific topic, or if you'd like to talk about coming on as a more permanent co-host or a regular reoccurring one. Good night, everybody.